Thank you, Rob. I, I feel like Ian's here with us. <laughs> um, so if I haven't met you, uh, my name is Matt. So good to meet you. I've seen a lot of familiar faces this morning, and it is surreal to, to be here because um, I was on staff with Grace for about 16 years. I've been a part of the Grace family for 20 years. Uh, Grace Midtown means so much to me. Just being in this space means a lot to me. A lot of you guys know the work it took and, and moving over here from State Street and building out this space. I mean, this is like a decades-long project. And so it's good to be here. It is a little surreal because now I'm here in a new context. I'm officially not on staff at Grace anymore. And that's part of what I'm here to talk about because people are always like, okay, well, what are you doing next? What's the next thing? And I really don't know what's next. Um, and this isn't like a career move for me. Like this is my faith journey. <laughs> And so I want to talk about that this morning. What does it mean to have faith and to be moved forward in faith? Um, and before we dive into that, I do just want to say I'm so grateful for the team here, for all the volunteers. Can we just give it up for the volunteers this morning? I pulled into the volunteer lot. I was like, they're already here. They're ready to go. Um, grateful for Rob and Kirby. So we are all friends and on staff for a long time. And when I transitioned to work with the Grace family, it just kind of made sense that, that Rob and Kirby would... Um, step in and, and to be leading here. So, so grateful for them and their leadership. And again, I'm so grateful for um, the Grace family. This isn't, this isn't about me leaving Grace. This is really about me going, man, what is God leading me into next? And how do you go somewhere new um, if you don't know where you're going? You're like, I'm supposed to move somewhere new. That's what God's telling me, but I don't know where I'm going. Like, how do you do that? Uh, so I want to get into that, but I want to show you a picture first. Uh, me and my family did just take like a mini sabbatical the last couple of weeks. Um, so I wanted to show a picture. We went to Costa Rica. So that is uh, my family, Jude, Caleb, Emmett. Caleb's my middle son. His birthday was today. His eight-year-old birthday was today. So we're celebrating him. He's having a big time. Um, and then Jude and Caleb, my two oldest, are going to a stay-away camp. Like they're going to camp for the whole week, St spending the night. All right, so I'm going to a resort, baby. It's called my house. <laughs> it's all inclusive. It's going to be amazing. Uh, we did some zip lining there in Costa Rica, so it was fun just to get away, be in a different context, be in a different language, be in a different culture, just to, just to allow God to kind of reset and, and, and open our minds. So we just got done with that, and um, that was super fun. And uh, my family uh, couldn't be here this morning because they're getting ready to go to this stay away camp, but uh, just wanted you to know a little bit about what's going on with us. So, so yeah, what does faith look like? How do you go somewhere if you don't know where you're going? Like, I, literally, I mean, I think about God talking to Abraham, and he's like, leave your home, everything you've known, and go to a land. Okay, what's the land, God? Go to a land I will show you. <laughs> I mean, it's just so... Odd, like, okay, I'm leaving here, I'm leaving this X, but you're telling me to go to a place that I don't know where I'm going. You're not, you haven't told me where it is. You will show me, but I have to be in motion to find it. Like, what an odd thing that we're called into, this faith. And so I've been thinking about this and thinking about faith a lot. And it's like, okay, I don't think faith is some, something so much so that we, that we have, or that we possess. That's how we talk about it. Like, I have a faith. I don't think it's so much something that we possess as it's something that we're propelled by. We're moved by. It's not something like we, we have in our pocket and we own and we control. It's something that we continue to like say yes to and continue to lean into, um, which is really 
difficult to do. Again, it's almost like finding the, the wind blowing in the sails of your life, or the sail of your life more than something you have, something that you possess. And so I've been, I was feeling really restless. I knew it was time for me to move on. I'd started having those conversations. I'd started setting kind of this transition in motion, but I didn't really have like a scripture that I was meditating on that was even helping me. Um, and I was at this gathering um, in March in Colorado, and this, uh, this guy was there, this wise older guy in his 70s, this English guy who God's just used, and he's just done kind of some wild stuff, just taking some unconventional steps in life. And he shared this scripture from Mark chapter 8. I'd love to, to read it to you, Mark chapter 8, 22. And when he read this scripture and kind of told this story, immediately I was like, this is it. This is like the only thing I can kind of cling to. And, and meditate on. So it's in Mark 8.22. I think we have it on the slide as well. Um, but it says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to Jesus a blind man, and they begged Jesus to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? The man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Which I love this guy's honesty. He's not, he's not like, yeah, it's great. Thanks. Like, do you like your food? Like, no, it's burned. You overcooked this statement. It's fine. I like it like this. <laughs> I mean, it's Jesus. And he's like, I can't really see. So then he put his hands on him again once more. Then his eyes were open and his sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. And the idea here is, is he didn't want people to know about his identity at this point. But the part that really stuck out to me, the first time I heard this was, he took the blind man and he led him outside the village. Some translations say he led him by the hand. So picture this. If you're this blind man, you literally, you can't see. You don't know where you're going. People help you get around and you're encountering Jesus. You can't see, but he's leading you by the hand. And I could almost feel it. Like that just stuck out to me so much. Imagine you're blind and someone's leading you by the hand and you're just trusting where they're going to take you. You don't know where they're going to take you. And I love this. He takes him kind of outside the village, outside the city. It wasn't where the energy and the activity was. He takes him kind of to this kind of distant place. Maybe it's a wilderness place. It's out where it's a little quieter, where they can have some interaction together, where the man can actually hear Jesus. And this spoke to me so much because I was like, this is what I feel like is, is happening in my life. I'm being led, but I don't know where I'm going. It's like I'm blind and I'm just being led by the hand. And so many times we don't want to do that because it's not comfortable. We're not controlling it. We fight it. We're like, no, I'm going to sit down until I can see clearly. I'm not going to go unless you tell me exactly where we're going. And Jesus didn't offer this blind man any of those promises. And I think this is how it is with us. For me personally, I've always been a person, you know, people are like, you're a visionary, you have vision. I've always had these passions for things that I just go after and try to convince everybody else to do too. Um, and, and so it's been weird to be like a visionary without a vision. And I feel like this blind man where I'm like, I can't even see a leaf. At least this guy saw trees. 
after the first session, I'm like, I feel like I can't see anything. And there's nothing that makes you feel more stupid or more foolish when people are like, oh, cool. So like you're quitting your job. You got a family to support. You like, got a house, stuff to pay for. Like, All right, so you're quitting everything. You're going to do something different. What are you going to do? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> wow. Any like, got any plans here? Like, not really. I mean, I have a couple ideas, but this is so uncomfortable. And I wonder if this is where Jesus is like, yeah, I, I want you to get into these spaces sometimes. Now, I'm not telling everybody that like, hey, you got to go quit your job and tell your wife or your parents, I'm being led by the hand. <laughs> Heard it in church. <laughs> I don't know what that faith journey is going to be like for you. I just know there's going to be these moments of I am so uncomfortable. I feel dumb saying this to people. I don't know where God is taking me. Think about how Abraham felt. Where are you going? You're leaving home? No one leaves home back then. You're leaving? Why? God spoke to me. God's leading me. Are you sure? I think I'm sure. Where are you going? I don't know. He said, he'll show me as I go. Like, this is, this is so challenging for us. Um, but I wonder if all of us are called into this life of faith. I like how some, when I read that led by the hand phrase, some of these um, other metaphors have come up that I've had mentors that just say, you know, it's like, it's like these puzzle pieces. You don't know how God's going to fit everything together until in hindsight, you look back and you're like, wow, that happened and this happened. If we hadn't have done that, if we hadn't have trusted God here, then we never would have gotten to this place. I mean, so much of what happens in the gospel, so much of what Jesus is inviting people into is that way. They don't know all the things until they look back and say, wow, I see how he was working. It's like these puzzle pieces. It's like clues on a map. You don't get three clues ahead. You get the next clue. And then you get the next clue. And it's like, go talk to this person. Go have that conversation. Take this risk. And then the next door opens. One of my uh, good friends and a mentor, he, he calls it shapes in the mist. He's like, it's faith is just shapes in the mist. That's what we see. It's kind of fuzzy. I kind of see it. And as I get closer it's a little clearer. And, um, and so when I heard this, 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 this guy teach on this, I went and talked to him. I said, this passage is like the only thing that's really sp spoken to me in the last few months. And then he gave me another passage. He said, you know, this reminds me of when Jesus told Peter he was going to wash his feet. And Peter was so shocked and this felt so dishonoring. He's like, you cannot wash my feet, Jesus. You can't, I cannot let this happen. This feels wrong. And then Jesus says uh, in John 13, 7, I think I have a slide for it. He says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, I don't have a slide for it. He <laughs> says, you're, you're not going to understand this right now, Peter. This doesn't make sense. You should be washing my feet. You should be serving me, but I'm serving you. This is who I am. You, you haven't encountered me like this before. You don't understand this now, but soon you will. He was training him. This is how you're going to serve people, Peter. This is how you're going to lead. You're going to do what I have been doing. You're going to do this for others. That phrase just meant so much to me. You do not realize now what I'm doing. You don't understand it. But later you will. Later it will make sense. So this just gave me encouragement. This just gave me encouragement. You know, I think often in our life of faith, uh, for, the, for the Midtown OGs, we did, a, we did a series, the Journey series years ago. Anybody remember that Journey series? We looked at all these different people throughout the Bible and says, you know, what, what was their journey like? So I have the slide. Um, the first one is how we just want life to be. 
We want it to be up and to the right. This feels like wisdom to us. This is a successful business. This is a successful portfolio. You know, this is what, I, you know, you, you go to school, you work hard, you get the grade, you go to job, you make money, you get married, you have kids, you go up and to the right. You know, no one tells you when you start having kids, you're sleep deprived for years and they suck all the energy out of you and you're like, dude, my curve is going down. I mean, I have to listen to podcasts on a weekly basis that tell me you're at the U shape of the bell curve of your happiness in life just to get some encouragement that I'm not going to die down here in this pit of despair. I mean, any parents out there want to say amen? I see the young little babes in the room. There's a whole swath of people in here who just haven't slept in years. They're just sleepwalking through. They're like, oh, music, calming place, air conditioning. I'm falling asleep. You know, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So this is how we think it's supposed to be. We look at these great people like, well, look, it worked out for them. Look at their journey. Look at how God worked in their life. It's up and to the right. That's how we think about it. It's never that way. It's never that way. When you look at like Joseph's story, this guy had this great promise from God, but his brothers sell him out, tell their dad that he's dead, and he lives in prisons most of his life until he gets to this place. So if you go to the next slide, this is really more what it's like. I wonder if, if the journey of faith is more like a winding river. And sometimes it goes backwards. You're like, we're moving ahead, it's great. And then you take this bend back. I mean, just think about the movement of that river. How many times do you feel like I'm moving backwards? How have I not learned this yet? Why does this pattern? I know a good friend of mine, he's had just couple difficult, you know, business things, relationships, partners that he's had. And he's like, why do I, why do I keep getting myself into these situations? You get married, you know, and, and you guys have a relational tension. You're like, wow, I didn't know this was going to define like our marriage. Um, why did, why did this happen? Why is this happening to us? You get a physical, you know, health something happens and you didn't do anything to cause it. you're like this is why did this happen I don't think we ever get answers to some of these questions I think our choice is like okay do I keep moving forward in the journey that God has for me I love that the blind man didn't talk to Jesus the whole time about like well why did this happen in the first place he trusted he's like all right let's go on this journey I'm willing to go outside the city I'm willing to take a risk I'm being led by the hand by this man I do not know because maybe God has something for me. So I think this is more what the journey of faith is like. There's this Thomas Merton prayer that I've just been reading over and over, over the last few years, really. So you think about like, who's the most like spiritual person? You think about like a monk or a nun, like literally these people dedicate their whole life to seeking God. Like that is their vocation. And it's interesting to me, you got a guy like Thomas Merton, he was this... Um, Trappist monk, and he writes this prayer while he's spending time alone in a hermitage. So he's literally not just like seeking God in like a cloister, which is the community you would live with. Like he's by himself. He's on this special journey in this house by himself, like praying, fasting, seeking God. And he writes this prayer in that space. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> 
I mean, just let that sit with you for a minute. All right, if we could really talk to someone spiritually, be like a monk or a nun, like they've been seeking God their whole life. All right, what do you got for me? Here's my prayer. They, they pull their journal out. They're like, here it is. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that, I'm, that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. It's like the most honest prayer ever. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I'm doing. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. I love that. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. I think what I love about this prayer is just the honesty. And I think this is what spiritual maturity actually looks like. Being honest enough to say, God, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if I'm actually following your will, even if I think I am, I'm humbling myself. There's a humility in this that I think God loves because this is honest and this is true, but it's surrendered. But I believe you're taking me somewhere and I believe you will lead me by the right road if I want to follow the road that you have for me. I just found so much um, comfort in this. Yes, someone else has felt what I'm feeling Someone else is like in the midst, in a deep place of seeking God, and they're still in this place. There's this one prayer, I wish I had it, but it basically says, when you don't know what to do, you're finally in the right place. <laughs> and if you have no clue what your work is, you're finally ready to find what your work is in the world. And so this, this prayer meant, meant a lot to me. And, um, and, and you know, I want to tell you this story because I don't think it's just about like sitting back and, and not doing anything. I think there is this leaning in, this I'm seeking to find where you're leading me, but a humble acknowledgement that we can't do that on our own. Um, my neighbor's son, his name's Michael. He's about three years old. He was playing in our backyard a couple, couple weeks ago. We got this treehouse in the backyard. So he knows how to get up there. So he climbed up the treehouse. And um, he's up there playing. And I was like, hey, man, he kind of looked like he wanted to get down. I was like, do you know how to get down? He's like, no. <laughs> I was like, do you want me to teach you how to go backwards down those steps so you can get out? And, uh, and he goes, no, I'll just yell for my dad when I'm ready to get down. <laughs> just so nonchalant. Nah, I got this figured out. Just yell for my dad. He wasn't even in the yard. <laughs> but he is totally calm. Like, yeah, my dad's inside, cross, doing something else, but he'll hear me. I mean, this had worked for him. And I was like, man, let me teach you how to do it. So I taught him how to come down those steps. And uh, he was nervous, but then it was like, man, you just learned something new. You are empowered now to get down these steps of the treehouse without yelling for your dad. But it struck me while we were having that conversation, I'm just having these, you know, deep conversations with three-year-olds. And I was like, man, this is, this is just like, like our life with faith. Like how many of us are not maturing 
And we're like, well, I'll just yell for my dad and he'll come get me out of the situation. Like, I don't think God wants us to just sit back and be like, oh, I don't have to do anything. It'll all just work out. I think there's something about going around that next bend of the river is learning something new, learning a new skill, learning a new way to trust God, having maybe courageous conversations for the first time. Like, I got to confront some things. I'm going to be willing to be honest about what I need in a relationship or what hurt me about growing up in my past. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be willing to have some courageous, bold steps that maybe you've never encountered before. Um, what, what, is, what is going down the steps backwards for you? Like, I've never done this. I'm used to just yelling for my dad and he takes me out of the treehouse. Like, what does it mean um, to spiritually mature? Because I know that in this faith journey we're on, this winding river, I think God wants to grow us into maturity. He wants our faith to become of more and more substance. You're around some of these people, even like a Thomas Mern, you're around these older people who've walked with God. They're honest about, hey, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but there is a weight about their life. There is a gravitational, almost like force when you're around them. Like this person has grown in substance. This person has spiritual capital. There's a, the, the word for glory is, is linked to the word for weight. It meant weighty. Like if you're weighing some gold, like this is a heavy load of gold. When you felt the presence of God, it's like, this is a weight. There's weightiness here. There's substance here. And so when we're on these, these faith journeys, God's growing us. He's adding to your life. He's adding weight to you. He's adding wisdom to you. And so if you don't want to go on that journey, that's fine. He's not going to be like, you're dead. He, He's still, he's like, I'll get you out of the tree house every time if you want me to, but I want you to learn how to walk backwards on your own. I want you to grow as a person. I don't want my kids coming to me when they graduate from college and say, dad, what should I do? And me just dictate to them what their life is going to be about. The deeper question I'm going to ask them is, what do you want to do? What problems do you want to solve? What do you, what have you learned about yourself that you can apply to actually see something happen in the world. I don't want to tell them what to do. In the same way, God's not looking to tell us what to do. I think he's looking for us to partner with him and to grow into where when we say, this is actually what I want, it's good for us and it's good for the world. And he's like, man, go for it. That's a great idea. I think that's the journey of maturity that we're on. So what does that look like for you? You know, I mean, is there a new skill God wants you to learn? Is there a new area of study that you're like, I don't know anything about this and I feel so dumb. I remember when I first started doing yoga, I, I, I felt so uncomfortable. And it was like me and like 30 women. I was in a hot yoga class. It was like 102 degrees on a Saturday morning. And I was like, I had had a hamburger or something the night before. I was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to embarrass myself in every possible way. I mean, I just felt so foolish, like trying to learn, like, what is, you know, Ardahanama Vanasana or whatever, you know. <laughs> now we're on our knees. Now we're doing, you know, putting a leg in the air. There's mirrors so you can see how dumb you look. <laughs> like, I mean, oh my gosh. But being in that uncomfortable place, it's like something new starts coming out of you. You're growing. You're learning about yourself as a person. You're developing new things 
that, that you didn't know you could do. So what curiosity is in you? What's there? What, what's, what, what would that look like? Now, there's the, the, uh, the last scripture I want to look at is Matthew 14, where Peter embodies what I think is what we're talking about. It's this humility, like in that Merton prayer, but then it's the courage to step into something. It's a courageous humility. And I think God's looking for partners. I think this is what God's looking for. He's like, who's willing to partner with me? Who's willing to go with me and try some new things, take some risks? I love this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is where Jesus sends the disciples ahead of him after feeding of the 5,000. And they're out there in the middle of the lake. And Jesus starts walking out on the water. Okay, verse 25, he walks out shortly before dawn. They're crying out in fear. They're terrified. Like, it's a ghost. Uh, Jesus said, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. I love that. What a random idea. I mean, hey, Jesus, if that's you, get me out there. <laughs> tell me to come out there. And, and I don't know, Jesus is kind of intrigued by it. He's like, he's like all right, do it. <laughs> he's like, come. So Peter, I mean, look at this. Peter does it. He doesn't say it and then stop. He, I love this part. Got down out of the boat. This is my life. This is my comfort zone. This is where I'm comfortable. This is where I'm safe. He got out of the boat. He walks on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Does the same thing Michael did in that treehouse. Dad, I'm ready. Get me out of here. <laughs> Come get me. Immediately, Jesus caught him by the hand and said, you have a little faith. Why'd you doubt? And this is like a simple phrase. that Jesus, Jesus basically makes up that phrase, that little faith phrase. You see it all through the Sermon on the Mount. And it's like a gentle way of chiding us. Like, ah, you had it and you could have done it. Why'd you doubt? I resonate so much with this right now. I think God's looking for partners. He's looking for people who are saying, God, if that's you, if you're leading me in this way, if you're pride, you know, pro probing or you know, prodding me along in this way, call me out there. Call me out there. I think God's looking for people who have this childlike spirit. And, and so I, I resonate so much with this. I'm, I feel like I'm walking on water. There's that, anybody heard that Kanye West song, Hurricane? It's, all, it's about walking on water. I just walk around my neighborhood listening to that thing. The weekends, talking about walking on water. I love it. But I resonate with this part too. I'll get out there like, all right, not going to have any income. Don't have a plan. I start yelling, Lord, save me. Wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, but that's all part of the process. We're stepping into the unknown. We're walking on water with Jesus. I mean, how awesome is that? I mean, everybody else could be like, Peter, you look so stupid. You were sinking. He's like, I was the only one out there walking. He's like, I got like three seconds. I want to get to the end of my life and be like, man, I did it. I felt it. I felt what it, what it was like to walk on water. These old people that I like to hang out with that have had faith, have that substance, this is what I hear in their voice. They've been walking on water. And they're having a good time. They're like, I don't know what's happening next, but look at me now. I mean, that's what I feel. I feel there's like a flow to them. There's a flow in their life. I feel like they're like levitating a little off the ground. I'm like, I know you're wearing those Lulus, but like, I feel like you're, you got those like athleisure comfort pants on, but I feel like you're, you, you're levitating a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so 
So, so, so how do we do this? And this is kind of where I want to land it because I think anybody can learn how to do this. Like I'm on this journey. I want to learn this way. I think faith, again, is less of something you possess. It's more of a way of walking in the world. And that's what I'm hungry for. I want to learn this way. I want to learn from these masters before us. You know, how have you followed Jesus? How have you figured this thing out? How have you had more fun in your life while taking more risks than anybody else? And then you see the fruit. You see the breakthrough. You see the 100-fold kind of harvest in these people's lives. So how do you do it? Any, anyone can learn this. Because again, that's why Jesus used Peter. He's the simple guy that screws up a lot. So we can't be like, well, he was inherently gifted. No, he was not like the goat. <laughs> Peter was like pretty low down, bottom of the barrel, average person that learned this way of walking with Jesus. So I think all of us can. And, and one of the hints, I think, is this passage from John 3, 8, um, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in the night, he's like, well, what's it like to, to live by the Spirit? What's it like to flow with God? And if you can throw that, we should have a, a slide for it. Um, John 3, 8, he says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So it's like, being attuned. You feel the wind. You can't see it, but you feel it when it's there. I think it's the same way that this life of faith, we're attuning ourselves to like a sixth sense. I'm hearing the sound of it. I'm feeling it. I don't know where it's coming from exactly or where it's going, but God's in it. He's leading me. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit, who wants to live in this Spirit-filled way of Jesus. This other quote um, that came out of this, this uh, Sabbath book by Wayne Mueller that I highly recommend. This is a really good book, little bite-sized chapters. But he says on developing this kind of mindset, this life of faith, he says, the way of the Spirit is like riding a wave you cannot see. I love this metaphor. It's like riding a wave you cannot see. It is hard enough to ride a wave you can't see. Any surfers in the room? Anybody? Anybody bold enough to raise their hand? I surf. Okay, I am not a surfer. I'm terrible, but I want to learn. I love it. I have this picture. We did do some surfing in Costa Rica. That's me about to get dominated by this wave, okay? <laughs> That's me going, Lord, save me! <laughs> but it's hard enough to ride a wave you can see. I mean, there's powerful things coming at you, and you're just trying to hang on for dear life. So it's hard enough to do this. Think about riding a wave you can't see, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's almost impossible. But that's exactly what it means to, to follow Jesus and do this life of faith. I'm, I'm surfing a wave. There's a force, there's a momentum, and you can actually miss it. A wave can come and you miss it because you didn't paddle. You didn't go for it. You got to fully commit. You got one of these babies coming out, you got to go all the way. You can't go halfway. Faith is like riding a wave you cannot see. When it comes, you got to go. And you got to hang on. And you got to let God take you where it's going. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. It's unnerving. And maybe that's exactly what it's supposed to feel like. Maybe that's when you know you're doing it right. When you're going, man, I'm hanging on. I'm having to trust. I am dependent. I'm scared out of my mind. Um, I actually have the video of this one. If we can roll it, I want to show you. This is like, this, this is not good. Uh, but this is just where I'm at. So... Can you, can you, here we go. 
And then I just, I, I just, just unnecessarily surrender myself to the ocean. Like, all right, I'm done. That was it. Um, so that was me getting lessons because they're like, yeah, you're pretty bad. Uh, we're going to have to take some videos so we can tell you all the things you're not doing right. So maybe you can get better. And that was like our great accomplishment at the end of the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Faith is like riding a wave you cannot see. So I just want to encourage you. I mean, from today, maybe you're in a similar place. And, and this is just an encouragement that you're not in the wrong place. You might be feeling restless. You might not know exactly where you're going, but you feel like God's in it and you're trying to be led and you think that the desire to follow God does please him just inherently. And I just want to encourage you, just keep going on this sacred journey that you're on. Maybe you feel like you're in one of those winds of the river where you're going backwards and you're just beating yourself up. I mean, I've felt this, right? I've just felt so discouraged. Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not moving forward? I would want you to pray into that. Maybe you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And God's like, hey, we're going backwards before you go forwards. And maybe there's some things that are coming up that you're wrestling with and dealing with. Um, maybe there's some demons you're battling or some harrowing things that are coming up in your soul in the wilderness. And you're like, and God's like, that's where the works needs to take. You know, maybe God wants to grow some stuff in you before you feel like you actually move forward. Um, and maybe you're just at this point of like, I just needed something to like break, be the straw that broke the camel's back. I just needed that push of encouragement. I know people did this for me. Maybe you're sitting right on the precipice of something and you needed this to say yes and to go, let's go. I'm gonna follow God into this. I'm gonna take the risk. I'm gonna ask to step out of the boat and to walk on water with Jesus. So I don't know where you're at this morning, but I hope something of this encourages you. And as the band comes back up and we just respond and worship, I want to read you this, uh, this Celtic prayer. So there's this book, the Celtic book of prayer. Um, I, I read this prayer like five years ago at a house fires worship night, and I literally have not been able to find it since. I've looked for it so many times. And I was like, I know it's in this book, but I can't find it. I found it this week. And I was like, this is it. This is kind of the, the closed down um, this is kind of how we respond, I believe. The horizon was the call. Every island they touched a place to discover something new about God. What kind of Christ would call Brendan into the wilds of the sea where the waves pounded and the winds blew? This was a sea-going Christ, a Christ who beckons without a compass. I love that. So these Celtic saints were just moving going from island to island. This was an Irish guy in like 500 AD, just going to these different places, talking about God, sharing about God. They would just walk. Uh, the, the peregrine were the wanderers. So the peregrine, they set their eyes on Christ, not on their sails. God sent the wind that directed their future. God was not so much the God of where they had been as the God of where they were going. Like the rest of us, they knew they only had so long to live, so they measured their days by trusting the remainder of their lives to the God of what's left. Woo! I mean, does that just stir anybody? I know what he's done in the past. That's great. I don't want to live there. I 
want to know where, God of what's left, where are we going next? I know what that last season was. That was awesome. Let's celebrate. I'm not going to mourn and be like, how do we recreate that? What's the next thing that's going to happen? Where's the next place that, that God is calling us to go? That's what I'm excited about. So here's some, some processing questions that maybe can just stir your mind and heart this morning. What does exercising faith look like for you today? What wants to happen in your life? I love that question. What wants to happen? What's trying to emerge that you've been fighting? What's trying to come out that if you surrender to would just naturally start to flow in your life? What's the fire that won't go out in your life? Think about Moses. God spoke to him through this fire that wouldn't stop burning. He came and looked at it. He's like, what is this thing? I got some friends right now who have these big dreams in them, huge dreams, gonna take a lot of capital. It's gonna take a lot of work, a lot of faith. All these reasons you shouldn't go after, but they're like, this is a fire that won't go out. How do I start to step into that? What's the bravest and most courageous move you can make presently? And I love this last question. If you knew, if you knew everything would work out in the end, and you're an old person, you look back in your life, oh my gosh, everything, I, I realized everything would have worked out. How would you start investing your life tomorrow? And you know the answer to this question. If you knew everything would work out, how would you start investing your life tomorrow? How would you go for it? tomorrow. And my friend Drew McClure wrote a book called Go For It. I'm reading it right now. That's great. Uh, if you need a little companion on this journey that you're going on, I, I'd recommend that, that book as well. If you knew everything would work out in the end, how would you start investing your life tomorrow? So we'll sit, spend a few minutes in worship and uh, just pray that God would speak to you and lead you about what's next in your life.